Welcome to episode number 268, A2D Radio. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Goose, Heck, Gabe, and Tom. A2D Radio. In this episode, we have special guest Tom Arnone. We cover topics that range from sports talk, coaching, giving back, the coronavirus, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Nitya Prakash and Neville Goddard. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off. Tom, thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, let's jump right in, man. So for those of us who do not know who you are and what you do, let us know. I'm Tom Arnone. I'm a I'm a baseball coach. I've been coaching AAU baseball for eight years now. And I also own a sports media company called A2D Radio. Agree to disagree. Radio started that about seven years ago. Um, and we were streaming on like a Ustream thing, which was weird. And we had like one viewer. And it was cool, and we're like, I don't know who that guy is. Is that is that us? Are we the viewer, or is it, or is it somebody else? And um, me and a bunch of guys were able to grow to what it is now, and we're still trying to get bigger and bigger. So that's that's who I am. That's, that's what I do. All right, so, so so just let's start to the let's start in the beginning, right? So seven years ago, um, was it just you and your buddies? Kind of just obviously. You know, you, you you love sports and all that. But was it like what made you decide to, all right, let's start capturing these conversations? Yeah, you know, I mean, like everybody like driving around with your buddies back in the day, arguing sports in the car. It was like the thing to do. Right. So <laughs> um, I don't know. I had a career change. I was going to be a teacher. And then, you know, a lot of people were on me like, dude, you should do sports talk. You should do sports talk. And I'm like, ah, like I'm switching careers. Like, what are we going to do? So I decided to go to a trade school. Um, kinetic school broadcasting and what it did is just gave me the confidence to do it um, and I met some good dudes there that are still with me now and I was like let's start our own thing because like I was interning right and you're doing all these things and you're like you know what like I'm not getting somebody's coffee like that's not what I want to do I want to talk <laughs> sports and then anytime you go to send a resume you needed five years experience three years experience whatever it will be, might be but so I was like you know what the only way you're going to get that is by starting your own thing so originally it started with just getting us getting our experience and then it grew into wow like this is this is growing and we and started adding more shows and more people and and then our social media we we really learned how to do that side of things um and that's when it really exploded so um that's that's sort of how sort of how we got here i love it so obviously um the name right so agree to disagree had, had that come about was it just kind of like a natural thing were you guys always arguing or like yeah, yeah exactly it was like you know what <laughs> we, we just agree disagree on that one because we're not gonna we're, we're gonna argue for a thousand car rides and we're never gonna agree to it so let's just call it how it is and, and it just it just meant that like 
you know, we can yell and scream about sports and not take it personal and just like, okay, we agree to disagree on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. So, so when someone listens to the show, um, what can they expect? And kind of give us a little bit of insight, uh, obviously, because we, we've had our show now uh, for a little five and a half years. So we know we've grown. So tell us a little funny story or how you first started uh, versus what it looks like now. Oh, man. <laughs> You know, when we, when, when we first started, like, I remember trying to go live and the process where it took like a month and a half of going through computers and, and, and this not working and this not working and trying to figure it out. And finally being able to get the camera to like connect that, that long ago feels like it's like decades and decades ago, but like now it's easy, but back then it wasn't. So, you know, you go to that story and then you go now to the story of the fact that like you can do it sitting in your house um, with a phone. So it's like, it's really you know, the way it's all grown is, is amazing. Honestly, like that's, I, so, I always look at that as a funny story because it really took us like a month <laughs> and a half to, to get a camera to work. So for us, how were you guys when you first started interacting? So for us, when we first started, we were like talking over each other. We had zero etiquette. Um, it was straight garbage. And we, and it, it is actually funny because you got to go through these things so you can grow uh, so you can hit some level of professionalism, I guess. Um, but we weren't aware of the etiquette because that's kind of just how we talked. We talked over each other, you know, and ours started like, you know, around uh, like a fire pit smoking cigars. And we're like, wow, we should capture these conversations. And we did. And we didn't, we didn't realize that when it's forced upon you, uh, it was not as natural or organic. The conversations were just like everyone froze. We're all looking at each other like, oh, now no one has nothing to say. Um <laughs> So was it like that for you as well, or is it just kind of natural? Yeah, yeah. For the the flagship show, which is Agree to Disagree, it's, you know, two of my lifetime buddies on there. So we we still to this day talk over each other. I mean, we still <laughs> – it'll never – it would never change. And we always talk about it, like, all right, we, we can't do it, but we all get so excited. So, you know, <laughs> that show is like a different type of show where we're not giving somebody, you know – you know, a few minutes to, to go off on their, their rants. Like we're just like, a, we're jumping in. We got something to say about what you just said. Right? So it's just always on attack mode. That show so it's a little bit different. So, but on other shows, yeah. I mean, they try to grow with the guys and understand like what each guy strength is and, and almost pick up on like, okay, that guy, he's finishing what he's saying. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's the most important thing that we've all learned doing it is, okay, is he done? Okay, yeah, I think so. <laughs> now, COVID played a big part in this because we used to do it right here. I mean, I had a whole garage off off my house that was built for us to do shows. It was all redone wow. and everything. And two months, two months in the, the building it and getting it done, everything, everything happened. So then we had to go, we had to go virtually. But in studio, it was easier because it's like, yeah, I'm gonna tap you on the leg, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you yeah. could you could do those types of things. You can't do it virtually, like like you know, like what we do now. That's fascinating. So, so you built your whole studio um, just to house uh, that that show. That's amazing because we started in like my downstairs uh, home office, and it was like too small. And I was like, we always talk about expanding. So that's cool. You went out and actually expanded that, and then of course a coronavirus hits. Um, so explain that that little process. First of all, how'd you convince your wife about to that? <laughs> well, guess what? The funny thing, A2D has always been in my house, like every show. So it started in my basement of my oh, old house. Okay. It started in the basement of my old house. I worked it into the garage of my old house. 
And then we moved, we bought a new house and then I turned the detached garage in the one and then COVID happened. So then it just became a great man cave now. Um, but then it was like, you know, like I think anybody that w- went through this in different levels and different businesses, it was like, man, we talk sports. Like I was on the air that night when the NBA shut down, we were live in here and it was like, well, what are we, what are we going to do? And then I said to all the guys, I'm like, listen, we can, we can stop doing it or we can be creative. Like we have talking sports our whole lives. Right. And we can, and we can say, let's go because people are going to need us now more than they probably ever did. If we disappear on people, what kind of reputation is that? Right. Like we we're supposed to be for the people, for the fan, by the fan. Like how are we going to then not be around? So we got creative. And the crazy thing is guys, that's when we grew the most, like, which is nuts, wow. which is insane. There was no, there's no sports on. And we're, and we're like, we're getting views <laughs> that are like, is this real life? Okay. So that was cool, but bad. That's all cool, but bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you guys have plans on reuniting again? Or is it so coronavirus, right? So it's like it kind of had its ups and downs. Or as you said, it, it just allowed you guys to expand more. Might as well keep going with it. Do you guys talk about that? Yeah, like some of the guys that live closer, we talk about doing like some live reactions from here, stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah. Other guys that have like lived further away, it's just like it's too easy for them, right? So yeah. <laughs> it makes sense for them just to stay home and do it. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so, you know, obviously you're very passionate about sports. What motivates you and fuels that fire? What's like the next thing you're looking for? Is it the sports team? Is it the next uh, superstar? Is it a combination of that? Yeah, well, what sparks my fire in terms of doing this type of stuff is the people who said you can't do it, right? Because we've all had yeah. that. We all those people. So that, that, that sparks me. But just, you know what, I just, I don't know. It's... Being from this area, it's like in your blood, right? It's it's weird. Like it, they're all the sports teams are like part of your family. It's all you know. So yeah. right, it's, it's it's I think it's more than just obviously just me. So um, I don't know. Like yeah, seeing the next stars come through, seeing trying to see championships, wanting to feel Broad Street again. I mean, there are things that I I think that I that's why I do it. Right? That's why we yeah. watch it. That's why we talk about it. So so speaking of that, what what are what is um some of the greatest moments of, you know, the hometown teams uh, went in, whether it was within the last decade or so uh, for you. Uh, well, with the Phillies, a little bit more than a decade, but uh, with the Eagles uh, and the Phillies, what is like, what is one of your greatest, you know, memories in recent times? Oh yeah. Well, you know, that's obviously the Eagles Super Bowl is phenomenal, but the Phillies was, was special because it was our first one for a lot of guys my age. Right. So yeah. we never experienced it. And, and I was at that game in both split games where game one, wow. I was out there with my mom. And then when, when we got the rain delay and had to go back, I went with my dad. So I experienced it with both of them. Wow. Um, and that was cool. And then this freaking mayhem. I just remember walking Broad Street with all the guys I grew up with. Like we all somehow found the way through all the chaos, to all of them be right together who, who've dealt with the losing and all the, and on everything. Right. And, yeah. and I get chills talking about it and then be able to walk Broad Street to like, Two in the morning, just pandemonium. And, oh, man, the, the Phillies one was great. The Eagles was just the icing on the cake. It was because we never won one as Eagles fans. And we always yeah. got laughed at for it. So it was more like, F you, everybody. You know, <laughs> we're, we're here to stay. But guess what? We weren't here to stay. So <laughs> here we are. That's awesome. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll go back to more of the Philly sports stuff. But uh, to cover a few topics, what is no notes and how did that start? 
<laughs> uh, well, I felt like there was a lot of guys early on that were like tower prop during it. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, you know, uh, I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, Ron Burgundy. He was like, I don't know yeah, what to do with my hands. And I saw a lot of that early on. And then like one company, I don't got to bring them up, but they, they started something stupid. And uh, me and my buddy were like, dude, just start hitting people back with no notes. And I was like, all right, I like it. And then we just started, I just started hitting people back with no notes because I don't have any. I don't mind. Like I write up a show and it's, it's literally, it's, it's four talking points in a, in a, in a poll question and let's go talk sports. So, you know, like a lot of us, we don't need, we don't need everything in front of us to be able to, to, to talk sports. Hmm. So that was sort of the shot at the prompters. Yeah, that's funny. Um, all right. So talk about coaching, right. And how that all plays into all of this. Um, what is coaching like for you? You said you've been doing it for about eight years or so. How, how did you get involved with that? You know, why? I know you have, you know, a son now. So so what's the future look like? Give some insight about coaching. Yeah, well, the, the last part of it, you know, <laughs> he's not going to have much of a choice <laughs> on, on what on he's going to be able to do. But he won't listen to me at that point anyway. So, you know, I'll have to pay money to get that. You know, this is what I do, but I'll have to pay money for somebody else to tell him how, how to do it. Um, yeah. I know it's coming because I do it for I do it for a living in terms of uh, hitting lessons and stuff like that. And I get a million dads that walk in that know exactly what they're talking about, but they got to pay me to tell them. So um, <laughs> it's just it's just the way it is. But yeah, my buddy opened up his own facility um, and program uh, called Scanzano uh, Scanzano Sports is what it's called and Scanzano Combat. So. Um, you know, I started there when they opened their doors and I'm glad this, I'm happy to still be there because I, I love, I love teaching it. Right. I, I love yeah. being able to watch the process of it. I've had my one team, they're now 13. I had them since they're eight. So to be able to wow. build like a culture, which is tough in AAU ball. Um, I feel like I try to do, I try to get them ready for the next level on what high school is going to entail, what college is going to entail, because I'll take that group all the way to their 17. So um, which is really cool because not a lot of places you'd be able to do that. So um, that's that's what I love to do. I love to teach it. Uh, I love watching kids get better and you know, sports all day in my life. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no complaints, no complaints. So did you have uh, like a favorite coach growing up and are you trying to emulate some of those things? Did you have a terrible coach? Well, we all have, uh, all have had terrible coaches, but there's some things that you learned from each that you're trying to apply while you're coaching your kids. Yeah, I mean my my baseball coach in high school was the best ever. Uh yeah. You know, we we won we won a state championship together. He's he's a he's an energy and effort guy. He's a fiery guy. Um, you know, play the game like your hair's on fire type. And um me and my other buddy who coached, you know, we're probably real similar to him in terms of um how we want you to attack the game once you cross over the lines um and do everything at a hundred miles an hour. So, you know, one thing that I implemented was uh, bougie, no more bougie baseball, right? Yeah. And what I mean by that is we're sliding into everything. We're sliding into everything. We're running everything out like we just hit a double in the gap, right? We're going hard at everything we do. And if we don't, then we're going to push up. They're like, Willie Mace. Said, you guys don't know this reference, but Willie Mace, Major League. We're going to have to drop and give me, drop and give him to me, Willie. So, um, <laughs> I, I just, it's, you know, it's just some fun things that you really like, to, you know, that you've learned from other guys. Um, especially somebody that was important to you and taught you a lot. Yeah, you absolutely use it. So, so what about um, off season? I, I want, if you can, the importance of 
um, staying in shape mentally, physically off season is just as important as uh, regular season. Can you talk a little bit about off season. Oh yeah. Listen, it's about, you know, you know, you know, the guy next to you, right. Is taking X amount of swings a day. Right. So I always tell my guys, like when our season ends after fall ball, it was a long run, right. You know, we're talking about, you know, being playing baseball, not playing it, but practicing baseball from January all the way to, you know, to the beginning of November. So I always tell my guys, like, it's okay to take three weeks off. It's okay to let the body rest up, breathe a little bit, take a mental break and then get back at it. And I think, you know, if you're taking, if you're taking your swings every day after that and you're putting your work in, you know, I think good things usually happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, My son's playing for a team now that the coach has built that camaraderie that, you know, he's there's like the you know like the little team snap or whatever little messaging thing where you're trying yeah. to keep everyone, um, and he's constantly saying that he's throwing out quotes and stuff like that. And all these kids are like seven, eight years old, and uh, so kind of like how your team started out, and uh, he's already built almost like the little culture around that where even he has them in this mindset. So some of them had just turned nine, and they already you know he's been their coach for two years. So they're already in that, you know, coaches, you know, we get three weeks off and then we're going to go to the batting cages or whatever. And it's at that young of an age, it's already a mindset. Yeah, it's important. It's important. We talked about me and my buddy, we talked about like coaching older guys, getting older guys compared to like getting younger guys. Like you can, you know, you get a kid when he's eight years old. I mean, you can, you can mold him into what type, what it takes to be able to play more so than if you get a kid at 15, 16, not that you can't change it, but, yeah. but at that point, this is how they feel like they have to go about it. So um, I think there's benefits of getting kids, getting kids early and, and building that camaraderie because being accountable, being a great teammate, I think that's more important than, than a lot of people will give it credit for. I love it. Um, all right. Mm-hmm. So, so switching gears up a little bit and taking it over to, uh, some of the challenges, some of the our, our Philadelphia, our beloved Philadelphia sports teams have been encountering um, past couple years or so. But one in particular has just been highlighted. It's just kind of in our face, and I'm just curious of what your take is uh, on it with the 76ers and Ben Simmons. That whole situation um, where uh, you know you get a guy who, or you get a team who supports, who supported and built a, a, basically their entire team around a single player, backed them up on maybe his you know lowest of lows, um, and then it almost seems like it wasn't reciprocated back. And for whatever reason, whatever the inside scoops is that, does not, basically like almost disassociated himself. And we're, we're kind of in a little mess. Um, even though people try to like, oh, it's fine, we don't need him. We don't, it's still creating... Uh, like a cancer in that, in that locker room, because it's still in the back of people's minds. They're like, wait, so I'm here. You mean to tell me I'm here every single day dedicated to this, this ball club. And that dude's not, and he's still getting attention. I'm still riding the bench. So you still get like those things that are kind of like sneaking their way into the locker room. But overall, what's your take on that? And where do you think this should end? (laughs) Well, my take on it is we always get blamed (laughs) for guys um, not growing as a player, right? So I have no control over your growth as a player, right? That's all up yeah. to you. I mean, I have no control over it. I have opinions, right? And they don't mean nothing. They don't mean nothing about if you're going to put the, depending on what kind of work you want to put in. Um, yeah. He's a diva. 
Uh, I think it's disrespectful for him to use mental health um, when there's a lot of people that struggle with it. So yeah. I have a big time issue with it. I, I just do. Um, I think it's disrespectful. I think it's all a stunt, you know, and, and the, the, the doctors and you're right. And what it, how it just creates a bad vibe around the locker room. And it's always talked about like it's time to go. The Sixers yeah. ownership owes the city of Philadelphia him to, him to be traded. They owe it to us now. All right. Mm-hmm. They, they tried to hold on to it. They tried to make it work. It's never going to work. Okay. The guy is pompous. The guy thinks he's better than he is. And he disrespected every teammate here and, and, a, and a great coach and a great coaching staff. I'd say maybe not a great coach, but a, but a darn good one and a good staff. So I got major problems with that. Joe and beats had his back from day one, but if you, we gave guys a standing ovation for the standing ovation for making a free throw. Like the first thing my, my son's gonna do. The first thing you can do, right? Oh, get the free throw, son. Then we'll work our mm-hmm. way back after the layup. I mean, come on. I mean, think about the things we did. We gave our standing ovations for three pointers against the Chinese national team. Like, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? So I got it. I'm over them. I supported them. I tried. Time to go. Dude, we rallied around him. That's what kills me. Like we rallied so much around this dude. And he just broke our hearts. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you had an entire city, a very aggressive uh, city, uh, supporting you. That's what I mean, the lowest of lows with the free throws. You're just like, you get like a headache thinking about these things. And then almost you start questioning ourselves. Like, dude, we're very devoted. <laughs> like, we still buy this dude. <laughs> yeah, like um, him and Fultz. Him and Fultz, we were like, wait, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. We baby got, we baby point guards to shoot. Which is amazing. Like I never thought I would beg a guard to shoot in the NBA or be able to, right? Like I just not it's not the league anymore. And then I think the point guard gods, you know, delivered us Tyrese Maxey. So hopefully yeah. uh that's the answer. And maybe we can get fifty, seventy-five uh seventy-five cents back on the dollar for Ben and we move on. But it's gotta happen, guys. It can't mm-hmm. keep going on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. We agree with you on that. Um so so Moving on to the Eagles, where we are now, um, wh- what are your predictions? How can they piece this thing together? Uh, you know, with Jalen Hurts, you know, at quarterback, um, got several injuries, obviously, brand new coach. Um, what are your predictions for this year? And realistically, where, where should we be in, you know, the next two, three years? Yeah, yeah. Uh... I don't know. I mean, Nick Sirianni says a lot of weird things. I mean, all that stuff. All that Dude, he said, cool he said a country fumble and a city fumble and then said yeah. Westchester. We think he meant Lancaster. It was the most bizarre. I don't even know where he was going with any of this. But anyway, but yeah, so so back to you. Yeah, I didn't know how many farms there were in uh, Westchester. So I don't know. <laughs> I got I to study that a little better. Um He's weird, but like if you're winning, it's it's okay, right? Like he can say weird stuff. He can wear all the t-shirts he wants. He can do those things. So, but uh, in terms of the quarterback, I don't know. Like, we talk about it all the time. Uh, there's flashes where I think he can play, uh, but I think the only way this, this football team can be successful this year, at least, is they got to be a run-first offense um, because they have a quarterback who can move too, and I think it just opens things up for you offensively. Now, next year, I mean, you have a lot of picks early on, and not even that, you got a lot of money. So expectations, guys, in the next year, two years, I mean, I made a case earlier today on my show that you, know, you could 
if, if this team drafts four impact players, three in the first round, one in the second, and spends their money in the right way and brings Jalen back for another year, they can contend with the Cowboys. Why not? So it just depends on who you pick and, and who you sign and how you fill out your roster. But do I know if he's a franchise quarterback right now? I'm 60-40 that he's not, right? So I'm not out. I'm always going to support a guy and hope he can get better. Um, but I just don't know. I don't have that crystal ball. Usually I never say that about having a crystal ball. Usually I'll have a firm stance. I don't, don't think he's going to be. But I think he can be a good quarterback maybe. Right, because there's franchises and there's good, right? So yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, so switch gears once again. Earlier this year, we saw a post about a fundraiser for a small business in Houston City that caught fire. Can you tell us about the business and why it meant uh, so much for you to support it? Yeah, it was a good friend of mine. Um, you know, he just got he just got the business, and and um, you know, it was just. Like, you know, you could, nothing could go more wrong than that, right? Um, and Everyone. it was about to open up soon, and he just got a bunch of inventory in and lost, like, $100-plus. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. So, um, you know, we were happy to be able to have, like, a platform to help him a little bit um, out with some, uh, some, you know, donations and ways to raise some money for him. So he was able to get back on his feet this summer, so it was good. And I'm happy. So he's rocking and rolling again. And um, I'm happy for him. That's awesome, man. Um, so so you talk about, um, you know, you had your, your show earlier today or maybe possibly multiple shows earlier today. Um, now you're jumping on hours. Um, how, how do you how do you manage it all? Like, how does it work or make sense for you? How do you go from obviously your, your husband and father? Um, so how, how do you go from, you know, going crazy on sports and then obviously balancing it out with family. I have no idea. <laughs> you know I, mean? ah, I know. I, I have no idea. It, it, it's crazy. I guess you get into like a routine, right? Um, yeah. Where like, I guess my mornings and et cetera, you know, are, are dedicated to family. And, and what I've learned is like, like long vacations, you know, uh, things like that, as much as you can do with that with a family, you know, feel like it makes up for when you're really grinding it out all the time. So my buddy always jokes with me, like, Tommy takes 10 vacations a year. I'm like, well, if your mom and dad have a house in Florida, you you should be taking 10 too. You should, yeah. you, know I mean? you should be taking mm-hmm. 10 too. I'm not Airbnb and 10 vacations. I don't got that kind of money. But <laughs> you can Airbnb one and then nine to Florida. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, all right, so so I guess to, to wrap things up, one final question is, what's your recommendation to anyone's trying to start a show, a podcast? Um, they, they feel maybe as we first started, we, maybe we got something here. What's your recommendation to someone starting out now? Yeah, first off, make the layout, right? Um, yep. you know, don't try to shoot the full course shot right away. Cause it's not going to work. Like you're not, you're not going to compete. Like if you're trying to compete with a bar stool or something like that, it's not going to work early on. So, yep. you know, grind it out, learn what you're doing, understand the social media impact that's out there. Um, and the consistency, I talk about it in like pro sports all the time. Right. I talk about it in my kids all the time. Like, the difference is if you want to be really good at something, or, or not, is about how consistent can you be? Can, how good are you at coming back and doing a show again and again and again? And then not being like, well, there's not really a lot to talk about. Let's just take a week off. Like, that's easy. It's easy. It's easy to, to take weeks off 
Um, and we all do it. We all have to for different reasons, yeah. but like, that's just part of the game. But, but, you know, I see people that like, they'll just disappear. So my biggest thing is like, if you keep doing it, people will realize that like, you're here to stay and, and you're not going anywhere and, and you get more and more of a following. So that's the biggest thing. One, you gotta be good at it. Right. But two, you gotta be consistent at it. You gotta continuously do it. You yeah. don't want to have a one to. I love it. I love it. So, so what's, what are your social media handles or websites or how can people tune into what you guys got going on? Um, or any, and anything else you would like to, to share as we close out? Yeah. I don't care about my social medias. They mean nothing. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, ours is just A2D radio. Um, we're everywhere, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Um, and then everywhere, everybody gets their podcast. We're there as well. So, um, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Um, it was a ton of fun. It's like it's ton to like it's fun to go back and remember some stuff you did like seven years ago. Um, yeah, and just to see the growth mm-hmm. that you know you, you, we all have in this business that have been doing it for a long time and how much mm-hmm. fun we have doing it. So um, I really appreciate you guys having me on with you. Absolutely, oh, awesome serious. man. Thanks, all right, so we like to close things out with quotes, and the first one is by. Nitya Prakash, celebrate your personal victories because no one else understands what it took to achieve them. And the second one by Neville Goddard, all that you could ever desire is already present and only waits to be matched by your beliefs. A to D radio. In this episode, we have special guest Tom Arnone. We cover topics that range from sports talk, coaching, giving back, the coronavirus, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Nitya Prakash and Neville Goddard. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, JimmyLeeVelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at JimmyLeeVelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed.